Well, good morning, <laughs> and welcome to Kenki First Church. We are so blessed to have you worship with us this morning. My name is Andrew, and I serve as the lead pastor of this congregation. <laughs> if you are new with us or visiting with us for Alouette graduation or uh, whatever you might be here for, we are so glad you're here. We want to welcome all of you to a brand new sermon series called Weak is Greater Than Strong. Weak is greater than strong. Set with me. Weak is greater than strong. Speaking of which, uh, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> uh, it has been a long journey, and in most cases, uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, yep, in most cases, yep, <laughs> yep, I'm just going to start over. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a long journey, and in most cases, it's just getting started. But the fact that I'm here is only testimony to the power and the grace of God who, uh, to whom, whom I owe my very life. I'm joined today by my lovely wife, my fellow pastor, Simone. Let me just say I'm so grateful to her for her love, <laughs> for commitment, her faithfulness, and her sacrifice that has seen me through the lowest points of my journey. <laughs> As some of you may think, uh, what's, what's going on? <laughs> so let me explain. Uh, most of you are familiar with what happened this, these last four months. But if you're new with us this morning, I was, I, I was diagnosed with brain cancer on January 10th, uh, 2018. I, I took a coordinated kidnapping effort by my wife and uh, members of the board. <laughs> but uh, when I finally went in and received the diagnosis, I was so grateful that they caught it when they did. Never had a seizure, never had an imp impairment with my sight or my hearing, in fact, I just drove back from, from Chicago that very afternoon. <laughs> Probably wasn't wise, but I did it. <laughs> the only thing that, hap that had happened to me was I was having problems with my words, with my speech pattern. And that was what they discovered, a large malignant tumor sitting right on top of the speech pattern of the brain. Some people have asked me when it might have started. They didn't give me a date which allows a great, deal of a great deal of leniency depending on the situation. For instance, when Simone says, Andrew, we talked about this, I just point to my head and say, brain cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> or when Cindy reminds me of an important deadline that I missed, I just say, brain cancer. <laughs> it's so great. Silver, <laughs> silver linings. In all, in all seriousness, one of, the uh, one of the best ways to tell is if you know another language. For me, that is Spanish. And you can track when it started to go but because the brain has a way of protecting itself but for getting the, the second language first. So, uh, again, there's no way to tell them for sure. But I probably started forgetting things in Spanish late summer or early fall. But there's no, uh, no ways of telling 
for sure when the tumor began to develop. Well, fast forward uh, uh, almost four months, surgery, radiation, first round of chemotherapy, NRIs, and I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> uh, in fact, beginning last Monday, six days ago, I started my second round of chemotherapy, including a clinical trial, uh, was, has shown great, quite a bit of promise. I had a fleeting thought that it might not be a good idea to get back in the pulpit less than one week after chemotherapy started, <laughs> but it was too late. <laughs> so <laughs> here I am. <laughs> and uh, no, and I, seriously, um, I wanted to share what God has, has, has been showing to me and Simone through this journey. And there's no time like not right now. I'm going to switch sides because I oh, have my okay. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, with you, I will ask you to turn it to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And the key verses for this sermon series come from verses 10 through, oh, 7 through 10. And Andrew will read those in just a minute. But let me just give you a little bit of a context for this passage. Because here, before we get to chapter 12, um, Paul is trying to defend his ministry, trying to defend it against his opponents. And he comes and he begins to tell them all that he has been through in his life. In fact, in chapter 11, he says this. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, and in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Boy, then he begins to tell on after he shares all the sufferings, trials, persecutions he had to endure. And he comes to chapter 12 and tells us about this wonderful vision, this revelation that God gives him and this thorn that he has. But then just when he, uh, just when he has so thoroughly defended his role as an apostle, as, an, uh, as a pastor of the people, he says this, our key verse, 2 Corinthians 12 7 through 10. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given, uh, said what be, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times. How many? Three times. I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, and in insults. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong. Join me as I pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your grace is enough for mm. us. Yes, thank you that you are enough for us. Yes, thank you that your love is yes. sufficient yes. for us. Thank you, Father, that Jesus Christ was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Yes, Lord. And Lord, we can rejoice that we yes, are weak Lord. in him, yes, yet we live through him by the power of God yes, that rests yes, in us. Yes, so thank Lord. you, Father, that though we go through weaknesses, trials, yes, persecutions, insults, and all sorts of trials on this earth, the victory that awaits us is so much greater, Lord, for you have overcome and you have made us overcomers mm. in you. Mm. So, Father, speak your word to us, yes, to your people. Use this message, yes, Father God, Jesus. that you have spoken to us to be channels of your grace yes, to the Jesus. people here at Kankakee first. Yes, and bless us with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. I was getting a thorn in the flesh to torment me. Now, what's really interesting here is that it says three times... Paul asked that this be removed three times. I don't know about you, but I was well past three times within with a, a, a one hour being in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, come on, Lord. Brain cancer, 34 years old, a one, one, a one month hold at home. You got to be kidding. Paul, Paul was obviously much holier <laughs> than I was. <laughs> but maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you've been, struggle, you've been struggling with some sort of illness, cancer, diabetes, kidney failure, heart disease. Uh, maybe their doctors just can't figure out what is wrong with you, but it just doesn't make sense. Perhaps it's something more internal, an addiction you just can't seem to shake, a mental illness that seems to be getting worse, a struggle with pornography that makes me want to give up hope of ever being free. Maybe that's not you. Maybe, you, maybe for you, it's sometimes a lot worse when it's a, a family member that has to go through this struggle. The mother, the father, the sibling, a child, a spouse. And it just feels so hopeless because there's nothing you can do. And if that is you, we want you to hear this. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe yeah. in the power yes, of intercessory Lord. prayer. In fact, if you believe, like we do, there's nothing, absolutely nothing, impossible for yeah. those who believe. Yeah. In fact, you know, it is biblical. James 5, 16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person yeah. is powerful, is effective. Yes. And so we believe in the power of prayer. That when we are weak, then we are strong because it is the link that allows God's strength to reside in our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. yes. So we never give up hope. We never give up hope. And I'm going to say it again because somebody here needs to hear that. <laughs> never give up hope. Yes, Lord. But in the midst of a, of a trial and the suffering, I believe that God is attempting to get our attention. He's trying to teach us that it's not about what we do for him, but who it was rather it's who we are in him Amen. that matters. It's not our strength, but our weakness that matters most to him. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
the most obvious one of, of these, uh, but the most difficult for uh, us to accept is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Our physical weakness allows God's power to shine most clearly through. Our physical weakness allows God's power to shine most clearly through. About the last week of chemotherapy, the first round of chemotherapy uh, uh, and radiation, I had just about uh, had enough. <laughs> um, uh, going up every day, having my brain poisoned and then fried <laughs> was not my uh, idea of a good time. So uh, ma making matters worse, uh, then my hair started to go. Uh, suddenly at first, and then boom, the, just all was, all was gone. <laughs> now it's here, uh, now it's gone. And I didn't have much hair to begin with, but I did have some hair, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it was my hair, all right? But Lucas, who uh, is not, uh, uh, is, uh, is not uh, uh, to take any de uh, detail go unnoticed, was watching me uh, one morning getting ready. And all of a sudden, he gasped. And he said, and he ran up to me, and he said, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I said, what, what, Lucas, what, what do you need? He said, Daddy, your hair is gone from my head, but you forgot to do your arms. <laughs> Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> and that's how it was. Yeah, you missed it, the Lucas story, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, we brought it back. <laughs> and you know what? That's how it was with Paul. Anything that he had pride in, anything that he could possibly boast about. Mm. It was taken away by this messenger of Satan that was tormenting him. And, uh, you know, some scholars say, they wonder, what was this flesh in the thorn all about? And some scholars wonder, they think that it was his eyesight. And that's why this would explain he had some people write some of his letters for him. Others thought that it was a depression that mm. would incapacitate him. Sometimes it was his enemies who sought to undermine his work. Some thought it was Paul, uh, Paul's wife. <laughs> Not me, <Yes>. but <laughs> yeah, but some people. <laughs> Interesting enough, some people thought it may have been a speech impediment. <laughs> some people, which caused him to be bold in his letters when absent. But in person, he writes, he's impressive, he is unimpressive, and his speech amounts to nothing. <laughs> You know, the truth is that we will never know on this side of heaven what that truly was. But what we do know is that God used this situation, this thorn in the flesh, to carry out his purposes, to advance his work. And Paul le learned a vital lesson. My weakness equals God's strength. <laughs> and uh, we were reading this week some of the commentators, and one of them put it this way. He says, what is sent to torment Paul is transformed by God into a means of proclaiming Christ's power and grace. Mm. The surprising twist reflects the way that God defeats Satan. God permits Satan to strike the apostle, but God turns the stricken Paul into an even greater instrument of his power. A proud, arrogant Paul would have only hindered, would have only hindered the gospel's advance. A humiliated, frail Paul, led as a captain in God's triumph, has accelerated the gospel's message. <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's not that God can use me, 
as if he, he doesn't, have, doesn't have any better options, uh, option to work with. <laughs> it, it's, um, uh, no, my weakness magnifies God's strength. The weaker I am, the stronger he is. The more humble I am, the more his name is glorified. The lower I go, the higher he is raised. And as you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God is not so much interested in our abilities. He's much more interested in our surrender. He's not so much interested in our abilities. He's much more interested in our surrender. I tell you, it took me every bit of 34 years <laughs> to learn this lesson. <laughs> I've... Uh, I mentioned to some of you before that I am, I am the most star-willed, st- stubborn person you, you'll ever meet, <laughs> and a pastor, too. <laughs> and, uh, in case you're wondering, our staff and board uh, did a strengths assessment uh, toward the end of last year, and the re- uh, results were fascinating. Uh, um, uh, my top five strengths from fifth to first were achiever, significance, Focus, learner, and number one, competition. <laughs> competition. It's so good for a pastor. <laughs> it's good to have harmony, have to have competition. Okay. Jeanette Marcuson was quick to point out that among the staff, everyone else have one relational strength except me. <laughs> so thank you, Jeanette. <laughs> Here I am, your pastor, lacking in all relational strength. This might make some sense. That this might uh, clear up some things for you. For you. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've been in sense my whole life. In some, some sense, it, it served me well. But at the heart of the matter, I was prideful. I knew it, I could do it. And I wanted everyone to know that I could do it. I wasn't the smartest but I would outwork, outharsel, practice harder, excel in every, and excel from everything I, I set my mind to do. And it served me well from the worst perspective. But God has another pan. To part from the commentator we read earlier, I substitute my name. A proud, arrogant Andrew would have only entered the gospel's advance. A humiliated, frail Andrew has accelerated the gospel's progress. No, God is not so much interested in our natural abilities as he is interested in our continual surrender. If it were not so, he wouldn't have picked a little boy to slay a giant. He wouldn't have reduced Gideon's army from 30,000 to 300. He wouldn't have chosen a man with a speech impediment to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. He wouldn't have trusted 12 men with a task of proclaiming the gospel to the ends of the earth. He wouldn't have um, called this apostle with a thorn in the flesh to be the greatest apostle of all time. No, he's not interested in our natural abilities. He's interested in our continual surrender and obedience to him. God only wants us to offer ourselves living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. Oswald Chambers put it this way, every element of self-reliance must be slain by the power of God. Complete weakness and dependence 
will always be the occasion for God's spirit to manifest his power. You know, oddly enough, uh, this uh, key verse uh, of the series has actually been my life verse for uh, more than just the last couple months. Uh, uh, really has been the last couple of decades for me. I uh, first came across it about the time my brother Chris, uh, who had Down syndrome, as some of you know, was getting pretty ill and nearing the, uh, the uh, last stage of his life on earth. And I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand why God would allow something like this. God, why would you allow any person, much less my brother, who is the sweetest person I've ever known, go through something like this? It just doesn't seem fair. It just doesn't seem right. But as I continue to watch my brother, I watch something incredible happen. It seemed the weaker he became physically, the stronger he became mentally. <laughs> the more his body wasted away, the more he soared he became day by day. It was, it, was, it, was the, uh, it was about the time the Lord placed this verse across my path. As I, last, as I watched for this, uh, literally passed from this life to the next. As I watched, uh, as I watched well over a thousand people attend his visitation and funeral, many of whom were far for Christ, it began to sink in. People didn't come to Chris because of his abilities. He came to him because of his surrender. People weren't, weren't attracted to Chris because of his strengths, and they were attracted to him because of his weakness. Now I know the truth. The weaker you are, the more Christ shined through. The question this morning is simple. Where are you the weakest? Where are you the weakest? Maybe it's a, it's a physical weakness, cancer, diabetes, health, health issues, heart issues, excruciating pain, whatever it might be. God says, in your weakness, I am strong. Maybe it's emotional issues, an addiction, bitterness, anger, resentment. And God says, I want to change that for your good. In your weakness, I am strong. And maybe as a, as a, a spiritual matter, You've been praying for a, a spouse or for a son or for a daughter or for a church or for a community to come back home, to wake up before he too late. In truth, you are running on empty. You are just about out of gas. But God is there, and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. When, you are, when I am weak, then I am strong. Because it's right there, that very thing that God is preparing to shine Amen. through. Amen. Though the invitation this morning is simple. If you, like me, have a need, have a weakness that you need to get, you need to give over to God. And that's you this morning. Very simple. I want you to stand up and make, and make your way forward to the altars. We're not, going to belabor, we're not going to belabor this. It's, uh, it's, it, if that's you, and you know who you are, stand up, make your way here, and allow the grace of God.
to pour over yourself in this time of need. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, I feel from the Lord that there are some people here that cannot leave this place without being fresh in the spirit. And you might be weak today in many areas. And he wants to make you strong. He wants to come and, and, and rush and just fall fresh on you with his powerful spirit. Because it is in the recognition of your weakness. It is in the recognition of, your, of the, the, the humble state of your heart that God can now operate his work. It is when you confess, when you turn away, when you repent, when you recognize that you are in need of a savior. That now he can come and meet you where you are and fill that void, and fill that need, and heal that wound, and restore that heart. So if that is you this morning, and you say, I am desperate for his touch, I cannot go on without him, then I invite you just to come. I want to pray, and I'm going to just ask the Holy Spirit to come and meet us, restore us, wash us in his perfect, precious blood, wash us in the, in the uh, waters of his spirit. And allow his spirit to fall fresh on us, to sanctify our hearts, to purify our hearts, to cleanse us from all sin. Boy, I don't know about you, but I want more of him. Every day, I am in need of his presence. Every day, I'm thirsty for his goodness. I am more in love with him today than I was yesterday. And that is the invitation that he offers for you today. No more stagnation. He, he wants you to be fresh despite what may come your way, trials and persecutions and tribulations and anything that may come against you. The Lord wants to refresh you. The Lord wants to empower you. The Lord wants to equip you. The Lord wants to refresh you with himself. So as I pray, join me. Join me. If you're not there yet, ask him to increase that thirst. Ask him to increase that hunger. Ask him to increase your desire to meet him every day. Oh God, we bless your name. We glorify you, we praise you, we adore you, for you alone are God, for you alone are good. So God, in your faithfulness, O oh Lord, come and meet with your people. Come and refresh us, Lord, with your spirit. Come, O oh God, and fall fresh on us, Lord. Come, O oh God, we are hungry people, Lord. We are thirsty for more of you, O oh God. Lord, we don't want to be the same. We don't want to remain the same. We want you to transform us from glory to glory to glory to ever-increasing glory, oh God. So come, Lord. Come, oh God. We know the hungry hearts, Lord, is what appeals to you, Lord. We know, Father God, that when we confess and turn away, Lord Jesus, you can come and fill us, oh God, with your spirit, Lord. So, Father, take our unbelief away. Take our doubt away, oh God. Take, Father God, our fear away, Lord Jesus. And allow your people, Lord, to cry out to you, God, from the depths of our heart, Lord. Father, we may be downcast. We may be feeling alone, but our experience does not match up the truth. For the truth is what sets us free. And you are the truth. You are the way. You are the life. So come, O oh God, and empower us today. I pray for my brothers and sisters here at the altars, Lord. Holy Spirit, we give you, we give you, Lord, 
Oh God, we give you permission, Lord, to do what you're good at. Oh, to cleanse us, to purify us, to heal us, to restore us, to make us new from the inside out. So strengthen us, oh Lord. Sustain us, oh God. Protect us, Father. And may the blood of Jesus be poured out upon each one of us as we celebrate his weakness and his strength, his crucifixion and his resurrection. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your victory. Thank you that we can rest assured that all is well with my soul because he is the one who makes it well. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name.